What's up, guys? It's been a little bit, but welcome back to The Countdown. My name is Ian Farmer. Thank you for listening to The Countdown with Ian Farmer on this Friday morning. Where I live, it snowed, and we got about a quarter, half inch of ice somewhere around there. So I am stuck in the house. Thought I would bring you guys an episode today. Um, It's been a little bit. I gave you all my NFC and AFC championship predictions, and I talked about Kentucky's blowout win over Kansas last weekend. But other than that, I haven't brought you guys a whole lot, so I thought I would get on here today. The main topic today is Arizona's win over UCLA. Arizona just knocked off UCLA. They were the number seven team in the country. UCLA was the number three team in the country. So um, there was... um. It was a big win for Arizona, but that also means that my Kentucky Wildcats should jump up to number four. So, got a lot to talk about. I may give you all a Super Bowl kind of uh, uh, preview, but I don't see that happening today because we still have a week to go. So, I'll have all next week to talk about the Super Bowl. Um, Got some college basketball games tomorrow I can talk about, and I'm going to review the NBA All-Star selection. So, a decent little episode here today. Nothing too big. No, no 20 or 30 minute long episode. But definitely here to give you guys my thoughts. Now, let's talk about Arizona and UCLA. UCLA beat Arizona in their first meeting. We all thought Arizona, uh, UCLA was dominant, which I still think they are. But Arizona at home went 76-66. There's one huge takeaway I have from the two matchups that that these teams have had together. And I think both these teams, it all matters about home court advantage. These teams are very close in skill. And these two teams, I think when they meet on a neutral court, it could be one of the best college basketball games, if not the best college basketball game um, of the entire uh, season. I think UCLA is a better team. But Arizona got the best of them last night. Johnny Juzang, 12 points, 6 rebounds, great player. Kind of fell off in the college basketball player of the year talks, but he's still somewhere in that conversation. Um, Jacquez Jr., 13 points, was the leader for UCLA. Arizona, obviously Arizona was one of the last undefeated teams in the country earlier this season. Lost, um, Had a bad loss to Tennessee and then lost to UCLA, which was un- an understandable loss. But but <laughs> taking my phone to load here, I'm sorry. It happens, bro. It happens, bro. I can't help it. I can't help it. But Arizona UCLA, um, two best teams in the Pac twelve. I can't wait from what I see from them in the future because these two teams are two teams I think could be number one seeds. There's no doubt in my mind that they will both be top two seeds as um, here in a couple months when the NCAA tournament rolls around, which I will have all my thoughts for you guys on that. Um, but let's let's talk about Saturday's games. Tomorrow, Kentucky faces Alabama. I'm taking my cats in that one. UConn and Villanova. I'm going to take Villanova. Villanova, man. I'm going to talk about Villanova for a minute. Villanova, their first big test, and UCLA's first big test was against Villanova. And Villanova played a very good game. Probably should have won that game. It went into overtime, and UCLA ended up getting the win. But at that point in time, I said Villanova has a chance to win the national title. And 
that wasn't a hot take at all. That was very accurate, actually, because Villanova was a hot team. They lost to Purdue, but the um, thing was is that those were both top five teams. And I think we all agree with they're not being the, the best of the best, but they're going to be a, a, a big team come tournament time. But then they lost to Creighton, and it all started going downhill for them. Villanova just came off a loss to Marquette. Not a bad team, but a team they should beat. They are 12 spots ranked above them in the AP poll. Villanova has lost both games to Marquette, actually. Um, they beat Seton Hall and teams like that. They also lost to Baylor, only putting up 36 points. A top 10 team in the nation does not do that. I don't care who you're playing against. But Villanova plays UConn. I'm going to give Villanova the W. UConn Gillespie, still one of the best players in the country. Jermaine Samuels, one of the best players in the country, no doubt in my mind. Do not forget about Justin Moore. That is a great big three right there. But they got to get something going, and I think a lot of it has to do with their bench. Let's go. Oh, Iowa State in Texas. Texas, Chris Beard, man. What has happened to Chris Beard? He was a big shot over at Texas Tech. They made a Final Four. He was recognized as one of the best coaches in college basketball, which I still think he is. But for the talent he has in Timmy Allen and Marcus Carr, being number 23 is um, Texas fans will look at that at the end, at the end of the season and say that that was a disappointing that was a um, underwhelming season. Iowa State, man, I feel so bad for them, dude. They were playing really well, played a good game against Kansas, only lost by nine points. They, 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 their first loss was against Baylor on the first of January, first of the year, and they only lost by five. They played Baylor really well, but then they lost to Oklahoma by fifteen. Oklahoma is one of the most underrated teams in the country. If it wasn't for uh, um, some bad losses here and there they would be ranked for sure, probably decently high, top 15. But as a team that only, at the time, as a team that had only lost to one, they've only, they only lost one game, and it was to the number one team in the country, only losing by five. That That's not a game you should lose. They go and lose to Kansas by one point. Kansas is an understandable loss. Kansas is a good team. They've already beat Texas once by nine. They lost to Texas Tech by 12. Lost to TCU by 15. Barely beating Oklahoma State by 3. They're not the team that they were at the um, beginning of the season. I think they got to get something going. Isaiah Brockington, um, one of the best players in the country. 17.1 points per game. But you look down the line, the next leading score is 10 points per game in Hunter. And you got another 10 points per game score. And then you go down the line. And seven points per game, five points per game. Iowa State's um, fifth leading score is putting up six points per game. That's not a top. That's just not a top ten team in my opinion. Isaiah Brockington is also a guard and is leading them in rebounds. Does this team not have size at all? This team really does not have size at all. Who's their big man? They have George Condit. Is there? Um, he averages five points per game and four rebounds per game. He is their biggest guy that at least puts up numbers as I that I can see. So they definitely lack size. They definitely lack um, beating teams that they should beat. But I'm going to take Iowa State to beat Texas. I could be completely wrong on that. 2 p.m. 
Eastern time. I could be wrong on that, but I'm going to take Iowa State to go into Texas and win. Now we have three more big games to talk about. One of those games is UCF, um, USC and Arizona. I'm taking Arizona. Arizona is going to be more than likely a top five team, or at least number six. When the new AP poll comes out, they're a top 10 team, potential top five team. They've lost to UCLA. We now know that they can beat UCLA. They have one bad loss to Tennessee. That kind of stuff happens. I, without a doubt in my mind, Arizona is going to beat USC. And USC is good. Isaiah Mobley is one of the most underrated players in the country. He doesn't get a whole lot of talk. Everybody says he's he's just Evan Mobley's brother. Isaiah Mobley is averaging 15 points per game, 8 rebounds per game, and 3 assists per game. USC is 19-3. and They were undefeated at one point in the season. He leads them in points, rebounds, and assists. Isaiah Mobley is legit. Isaiah Mobley is legit, but I don't see them being Arizona. Benedict Matherin, I think that's how you pronounce his name, um, one of the best players in the country, 17 points per game. Um, Arizona 18-2. and two. I, th- I think they beat USC earlier in the season. Maybe not because conference play is uh, very new. It just kind of started. No, their game was postponed earlier in the season. Okay, that is right. Their game was postponed earlier in the season. But um, I'm going to take Arizona to beat USC at the end of the day. Arizona also has an 88% chance to win, according to Basketball Power Index. So, big favorites. Duke and North Carolina. Duke and North Carolina, the biggest rivalry, in my opinion, in college sports. We can get into that with the Michigan, Ohio State, and um, Iron Bowl with Auburn, Alabama in college. Uh, Football, you can probably make an argument for Kentucky and uh, Louisville in college basketball. But in my opinion, this is the biggest college basketball rivalry in sports. Number nine, Duke has struggled, but they've, um, you know, 18-3. What did I say? Coach Cates last season. North Carolina is 16-6. and six. North Carolina has absolutely struggled this season, and this is a tough pick. It's without a doubt a tough pick because North um, these teams usually split North Carolina Usually takes down Duke. And I'm going to say that. I think North Carolina go and beats Duke. It is in Chapel Hill. I think when Duke plays North Carolina again in Cameron Indoor, I think Duke will win that game. But right now, it's hard for me to not say North Carolina um, beats Duke at home. And now as a rivalry team, it changes everything. Because if this was just a normal game, I would have Duke beat North Carolina as Duke is number nine in the country and North Carolina is unranked with six losses. But something tells me, and I like um, North Carolina to beat Duke in the biggest rivalry game of the season. And we all knew what was coming. Baylor and Kansas. Both teams have three losses. Both teams have a star player. LJ Cryer is a good player, 14 points per game. Kansas has uh, Ochi, Ibaji, and Remy Martin. Kansas coming off a loss to Kentucky. Baylor hasn't lost since Alabama. Oh, that was recent. Never mind. <laughs> that was recent. I remember that. Anyways, okay. Let's get into this. Kansas is at home, and they are... Favored to win this game. 
um, by Basketball Power Index, 57.4%. Ochi Ibaji has been hitting some big shots late. Baylor has had their struggles. Kansas has had their struggles too, but we've seen Kansas beat teams like Texas Tech in close situations. We've seen Kansas hit big shots with Ochi Ibaji. I'm going to take number 10 Kansas to beat number 8 Baylor at home. I'm going to talk about the all-star selections, and then I'm going to let you guys go. I'm going to name off the entire player pool. Giannis, Steph Curry, DeMar DeRozan, Joel Embiid, Nikola Jokic, John Morant, Andrew Wiggins, Trey Young, Devin Booker, Jimmy Butler, Luka Doncic, Darius Garland, Rudy Gobert, Draymond Green, James Harden, Zach Levine, Chris Middleton, Donovan Mitchell, Chris Paul, Jason Tatum, Carl Anthony Towns, and Fred Van Vliet. Okay, let's get into this. All-star snubs. I like players like Darius Garland and Fred Van Vliet, but there is a player in the East. He's a young player. He should have made this pull, and his name is LaMelo Ball. LaMelo Ball has completely changed the Hornets organization around. He's not their highest leading scorer, but um, he's basically tied with Miles Bridges, who also got snubbed from this all-star selection. Darius Garland is good. Colin Sexton's there. Jared Allen's there. Evan Mobley is the player, rookie of the year. Fran Van Vliet is good. This team is making the playoffs, but they do have Scotty Barnes. Pascal Siakam is back. They have players. Chris Busher's also on the Raptors. I do not see how LaMelo Ball did not make this poll. Rudy Gobert's great. Draymond's Defense Player of the Year, he should be in there. A lot of these selections are good. Not saying these selections aren't good. Why is um Andrew Wiggins in it? Should Andrew Wiggins be in the um All-Star game? I don't see it. There's too many snubs in the All-Star game, folks. Something's got to be figured out with this. The All-Star Game is supposed to be a prestigious award. It's supposed to be something that you, like, when you look at, like, Kobe Bryant's achievements, he, he made 18 All-Star Games. Like, that's one of his biggest accomplishments. That's on his um, big list of achievements. Like, the, the All-Star Game is supposed to be something that is big for your career, something that's supposed to be meaningful for your career, and the NBA has not been treating it like it. Darius Garland is good. He's not an all-star. Fred Van Vliet is good. He has a lot. He has been very good. I think you can maybe slot him in there somewhere. But LaMelo Ball has got to come towards him. And LaMelo, LaMelo's not the um, only snub. I've heard players um, bring up uh, people like Jared Allen, who should be an all-star. And Miles Bridges should also be an all-star. Miles Bridges is arguably the most important player of the year. A lot of people say John Morant. I think Miles Bridges makes a great argument. But at the end of the day... That is the player pool. Um, if I was going to draft, I'd take Giannis with my first pick. And then Steph will probably go. I'm imagining there's LeBron here um, versus KD. I'd probably take Giannis, and then Steph would go to KD, and then I would probably take... Uh, mm, Jokic, and then... um. KD would probably take um 
Ja Morant, then I would probably go with DeMar. Then KD would probably take Embiid. And then who's the two guys left? Um, I would probably take Trey. And then the last guy would fall, Andrew Wiggins. Uh, um, and then I would probably go. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna go through this. I'm gonna, I would probably take Luca as my first guy, my first six man. And then Katie would probably take Draymond. No, no, he would take James because James is on his team. James is on his team. Then LeBron or me, I would probably take um I'm not gonna lie, I'd probably go Donovan Mitchell. And then KD would probably take Draymond there. Then I would probably go Tatum. And then KD would probably go Not sure. He might go um, Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler. Then at this point, I would need a big man off the bench. I would probably take Carl Anthony Towns. We'll go ahead and say um, KD gets ready to go bear. Let's see here. Guys left. I'd probably go Middleton. I like Middleton as a player. I'd probably go Chris Middleton with that pick. And then KD would probably go Chris Paul. The guys left are Fred Van Vliet, Darius Garland. That's it. I'd probably take Van Vliet, and KD would be left with Darius Garland. Now, that would actually switch, though, as um, KD, if I got the first pick in the starters, he would get the first pick in the um, uh, reserves. But that's the how-to I would have on my team. All-star reserves. The um, All-Star Draft, which is something that I'm actually really fond of. I love the All-Star Draft. It's Thursday, February 10th, 6.30 p.m. Eastern. Can't wait for that. I'll be at work, but I'll still be trying to keep up with it. I love the All-Star Draft. But, guys, thank you for that. This actually did go to 18, 20 minutes. Um, I, I don't mind that at all, but I love you guys. Thank you for tuning in. I'm glad I got to talk with you. Some um, Arizona, UCLA, some college basketball. By some of my picks for the weekend, at least this Saturday. And I got to bring you the All-Star selections. A lot of NBA content and college basketball content will be coming soon. The NBA playoffs are not far away. We're getting to the All-Star break halfway through the season. Then we'll be um, nearing the NBA playoffs around April. Then March Madness, college basketball tournament will be here in March. So can't wait for all that. But I love you guys, and I will see you all later. Peace.